You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Second Corinthians chapter 4, we looked at verses 1 through 7 this morning, and I preached a message entitled, If Our Gospel Be Hid. I don't want to be guilty of hiding the gospel or hiding the light that I have been given and that God has blessed me with. And uh, He saved me, and I want to do my part to share that good news with others. Well, we get to verse number 8, and uh, I have preached on this uh, passage before. I'll not preach uh, these verses, but I certainly want to mention them. It says in verse number 8, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. You know, sometimes the trials of life cause our gospel to be hid. Have you ever been discouraged where you you almost felt like that your whole world was caving in, that you weren't too burdened for others because you were so focused on yourself? I've been there. By the way, that happens sometimes to us. It happened to the Apostle Paul. You think you've got it bad? Well, Paul said we're troubled on every side. That word troubled, it means to be hard-pressed. It means to feel like you are literally, you're in a pressure cooker and there's no way out. He said we're troubled on every side, we're hard-pressed, but we're not distressed. The word distressed, it means to be crushed. He said, there's times where we feel like we're going to be crushed, but he said, praise God, he makes a way out, and we've not been crushed, we've not been destroyed. Next, he says, we are perplexed. Uh, that word perplexed, it means to be in a tight spot. Again, it's the idea there's, there's no escape. There's no way out. But Paul goes on to say, we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. The word despair means to renounce all hope. Paul said there have been times when there seemed like no way out, but somehow, some way, God provided a way. And Paul said, and here I am today. Paul had been shipwrecked. Paul had been stoned. He'd been left for dead. He'd been thrown in prison. But Paul said, I've been uh, troubled, but I'm not distressed. I've been perplexed, but I'm not in despair. Paul said, I've been persecuted. That word persecuted has the idea to be chased. To be chased down, to try to kill somebody, you have to, you run after them and they flee from you and you're literally chasing them. Paul says we've been persecuted, but we are not forsaken. Aren't you glad that God has never left you? He's never forsaken you and he'll not start today. Hallelujah for that. And then Paul says we are cast down but we are not destroyed. The word cast down literally has the idea as if you would take somebody and body slam somebody. Now, I've been hit pretty hard uh, in sports and uh, I I have been in some collisions. I've never in my life, and by the way, if I haven't been, so please don't do it tonight just to say, say, well, now you can say you have. I've never been body slammed. But I don't imagine that feels very good when somebody takes you and 
You say, well, didn't you have siblings? Yes, but I'm the oldest, so I never was on the receiving end of that. But, but to be cast down, to be body slammed. But Paul says, although I've been knocked down or cast down, he said, I've not been destroyed. He said, I've not been knocked out. He said, God's always given me grace and God's always given me strength just to keep going. And that's how you let your light shine. And that's how you uh, 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 keep your gospel from being hid. You go through trials, but you keep your eyes on Jesus through the trials. And then we get to verse number 10. And Paul says this, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us tonight. I pray you'd give us a, this truth and help me to relay this truth to these dear folks tonight as you have given it to me. Uh, Lord, I've been thinking a lot about this verse. I've been thinking a lot about this passage. And I feel like with this service tonight, as we have observed the Lord's Supper, I feel like this would be appropriate. I feel like this would be a help. And Lord, maybe for somebody here who's been struggling, Maybe for somebody here who's been discouraged, I pray that this message, this truth would be exactly what they need. But Lord, I can't help anybody. It's got to be the Holy Spirit of God that does the work. It's got to be the power of your word that has the, uh, the answer and that is the remedy for our situations. I pray that you'd speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to speak for a few moments this evening from this passage on the subject of living at Calvary. You know, some people live in their past. That's just where they live. It just seems like they can't get away from their past. By the way, some people, they only live in the problems. Whatever the problem is today, that's exactly where they live. That's what they focus on. That consumes them. Some people live in success. They have some success, maybe with a job, or they have some success with uh, finances, or they have some success with material things, and that is where they live. That is the thing that consumes them. For some, it's a hobby, or it's sports, or it's this or that, but there's a lot of different places you can live. But you know where Paul lived his life? He lived his life at Calvary. And that's where verse number 10 says that Paul was always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That word bearing about, it literally means to carry something, to take something with you everywhere you go. Now, I, uh, even when I preach, I don't like to have my keys in my pocket. I don't like to have my cell phone in my pocket. Just to me, it kind of irritates me if I'm trying to preach and I got the keys, you know, uh, making noise and the cell phone, all that stuff. But, but there are certain things that you have to carry with you every day, right? And we try to streamline that. Uh, for some of you ladies, you maybe uh, every so often you have to go through and you have to um, organize, if that's the word. Um, declutter, I don't know what the word is, but you have to go through your purse because sometimes those purses collect a lot of things. Uh, I remember we used to tease my mom about that. Uh, my mom had a purse that I'm telling you, she didn't have to go to the gym and lift weights because she had it with her everywhere she went. And, and there was, and by the way, if you needed something, it was in that purse guaranteed. There, there's no doubt about it. It was there. 
Uh, but but you, you carry around some things and uh, maybe got some things in your pocket right now that you, you think, I've got this for a reason. Uh, I, I don't, maybe I should carry a, a pocket knife. I know for some guys, that's just what you do. You don't leave the house without a pocket knife. Uh, some of you don't leave the house without your firearm, you know, and you've always got that there and you're ready and that's, that's a must. You got to carry that with you. Um, uh, for many of us now, we, we have become attached that we got to have a cell phone to be able to call or text or check on people. But there are some things that you got to carry this week. Maybe it's a, an ID card for the workplace. Uh, maybe it's a, a, a key to be able to get into your place of business. Uh, maybe it is a cell phone. Maybe it's a computer. Maybe it's something you have to have. It's some, some tool that you have to have for your work. But I want to tell you tonight, what every Christian's got to take with them tonight is you've got to take Jesus with you. Tonight and tomorrow and the next day and the next. And you must carry Jesus with you. And more specifically, you've got to carry the dying of the Lord Jesus. You say, well, what does that mean? It means everywhere you go, you've got to take Jesus with you and remember that he was crucified for you. And remember that he died because he loved you. And he was buried because he loved you. And he rose again because he loved you. And every day and everywhere you go, you must carry Jesus with you. Number one, it must be consistent. It says in verse 10, always bearing about. Can I tell you, Paul wanted to live at Calvary every day. Paul wanted to live at Calvary every moment of every day. He didn't want it to be just a once a week or, or maybe one, one time in the day that he thought about Calvary. But everywhere he went, he said, I want to always be bearing about the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus. Number one, it must be consistent. I'll say this, we need some consistent Christians in this day like we've never needed before. We need some consistent Christians that will pray every day and read the Bible and walk with God and serve God. We need some consistent husbands. We need some consistent wives. We need some consistent parents. We need some consistent witnesses. We need Christians that will be consistent. And Paul said, I want to do it always. I want to be consistent. Number two, we've already talked about this. But number two is carrying or bearing about. When you carry something, it is something that you do on purpose. It takes some focus. It takes some energy. It takes some effort. There should be a reason for it. Uh, I don't leave the house uh, in, the, in the morning and I don't just pick up random things and say, you know, I think I'll take this with me today. Oh, I think I'll take a, I, we got a jug of milk in the refrigerator. I think I'll carry this around all day. Oh, we got a loaf of bread here. I think I'll, I, I'm not talking about for lunch. I just mean, I'm just going to carry it around. You don't do that. You carry things and you take things that serve a purpose. Well, can I tell you, it serves a purpose when every day you take Jesus with you because you're going to need him this week. You're going to be in situations where you can't do it on your own. You're going to be in situations where you don't have a clue what to do and you're going to say, Jesus, I need you to help me today. You must carry Jesus with you. Carry the dying of the Lord Jesus. Carry with you the fact that Jesus died for you. If you had been the only sinner on the planet, Jesus still would have come and he still would have died for you because he loves you and he gave himself for you. Number three, 
the cross. The Bible says the dying of the Lord Jesus. It's interesting that it doesn't say the death of the Lord Jesus. Although, obviously, we know that Jesus died on the cross. But I think Paul here is making reference to the fact that Jesus' death was not a sudden and instantaneous death, but it was a torturous death. It was a death of intense suffering. It was a death of intense pain and agony that Jesus suffered even before he was lifted up on the cross. The beating and the, the scourging and the crown of thorns that was literally beat into his head with a rod. Can you imagine having spikes and someone taking a, a hammer and literally uh, driving spikes into your head? That's what they did to Jesus before he ever got to the cross. And then on the cross, they put those nails through his hands and through his feet, and he hung on the cross, literally uh, bleeding and, and suffering in agony on the cross. And Paul said, I want to take the cross, not just the death, but the dying of Jesus with me. You see, Paul said that, I believe, because Paul saw his suffering as an extension of the suffering that Jesus endured on the cross. By the way, our suffering will never be close to what Jesus went through. Your trial will never be close to what Jesus suffered for you on the cross. But as you go through suffering, and as you go through trials, just remember, you're not going through the suffering alone. Jesus has already been down that road. Jesus has already suffered. And Jesus has already experienced far more pain and far more heartache than you and I will ever experience. Number three, the cross, the dying. But then number four, Paul talks about Christ. And of course, that's what this is all about. It says the dying of the Lord Jesus. Paul's not talking about the death of a friend or the death of a loved one or the death of a neighbor or the death of a co-worker. He said, I want to talk to you about the dying of the Lord Jesus. The Lord signifies the fact that he is our master. He is our Lord. But Jesus signifies the fact that he is our savior. And when Jesus died on the cross, he died as the savior of the world. Paul said, I want to talk about Jesus. I want to focus on Jesus. I want to focus on his love. I want to focus on his suffering. I want to focus on his death. I want to focus on his life. I want to focus all that I have on Jesus. And then number five, we see the cause. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. The word manifest, it means to render something apparent or obvious. It means to make something visible or to make something known. Paul said, my life is to make manifest the life of Jesus. He said, I want people to see Jesus in me. I told our teachers this past week, I had a, the opportunity to speak to our teachers for a few minutes for our school. And I told our teachers this week, I said, you got to remember that for some of the children that come to our school, they are not uh, in a church every week. And in some cases, they're not from 
uh, Christian homes. They don't have a, a, a Christian mom or a Christian dad in some cases. Some cases they live with maybe an extended relative even or something like that. But I told our teachers, I said, you have to realize that you may be the closest person to Jesus that these children know. And I want to tell you, when you go to work this week, you might be the closest person to Jesus that your coworkers ever see. When you go through the line at the grocery store or when you conduct business this week out in the, out in the community, you might be the closest representation to Christ that some people will ever see. Can I tell you, that ought to burden your heart to make manifest, to make known the love of Jesus to a lost and dying world. That's our cause. That's our mission is to make Jesus known. And then lastly, I see the conquering. If you look with me at verse number 14, I love the fact that Paul, he talked about the death of Christ. He talked about the life of Christ, but he just couldn't help himself. He had to talk about the resurrection of Christ. Verse 14, Paul said, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Would you go back to verse number six? Excuse me, verse number seven. We talked about this this morning, but Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. There was some conquering. Paul said, just like Jesus conquered death, he said, that same power is at work in you. The power of Jesus is in you. And if God could raise up Jesus, he can raise us up. And we're not just talking about raise us from the dead. We know someday the trumpet's going to sound and the dead in Christ will be raised. We understand that. But Jesus can help you with every trial you face, every burden you face. He's got the power to lift you up. He's got the power to give you strength. He's got the power to give you victory. So as you go about and you're living at Calvary, you're not living in defeat. You're not living in uh, d d depression. You're not living in the fact that, that Jesus is still on the cross. Oh, no, hallelujah. He's not on the cross. He's seated at the right hand of God. And there is conquering power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul was victorious through the trials. He was able to still shine the light of the gospel, not in his own power. Notice again, verse number seven, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You know, anything great that takes place in our lives, it's not because of us. It's all because of Him. You'll find out this week, and I'll find out again this week, that I can't do anything in my own power. I can't do anything in my own ability. It's not of us. I think about our, our school and our teachers, and I think about our, our church staff, and I think about our, our church workers, our, our, our Sunday school teachers, and I think about our junior church and our bus workers and master clubs, and I think about the choir and the special music. And friend, I want to tell you, I'm glad that God uses us, but that's just it. It's God using us. It's all about His power. We can do nothing without Him. And there's conquering power when you live at Calvary. 
Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.